The book of Matthew 5, 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Call to Perfection. We already know well that this promised commandment is the inheritance of saints of all generations and of all times, and this commandment is specifically addressed by Christ to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person that is sent by God have no part to the inheritance contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to. To be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect is to love the righteous as God loves them and to hate the unrighteous just as God hates them. Pouring out, therefore, using our mouth blessings upon the righteous and curses upon the unrighteous. As it relates to fulfilling the required commandment to be vigilant over the word of God within our heart, as God is vigilant over his spoken word in the temple of our body, we stop to study the following question. What specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that abides within our heart? sending, therefore, blessing for the righteous and curses for the unrighteous or upon them. And in part, we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant, where we in the death of the Lord Jesus died by the law for the law, so that we can receive justification in the new tablets of the covenant, which symbolizes the resurrection of Christ, so that we can live for the one that died and resurrected, and in this way obtain confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant in order to give God the proper foundation to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, similar to how he gave it to Abraham and his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4.13. Furthermore, we've noted that the righteousness of faith, making us heirs of the peace of God, is determined by the humbling or the humble obedience of our faith to God's faith. The faith of God is the preached to us word by the delegated of God and that person who represents a father. Therefore, the promise of the peace of God is only given to those people that obey the order of God that functions within the body of Christ, which contains a hierarchical structure of theocracy, where God sends us His word using the mouth of His delegated ones. The covenant of peace in the heart of a warrior in prayer is the result of the obedience of His faith to the faith of God that is the spoken by His del- that is spoken by His delegated ones. It is specifically by the means of the righteousness of faith that the covenant of peace in the format of the inheritance of peace that is called to abide and be evidence within our heart that we are the children of God. Because the fruit of righteousness that is grown in the Eden of our heart, that reveals itself in the covenant of peace, which is called to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6, 7. The fruit of righteousness demonstrated to us within the atmosphere of the peace of God that is able to keep our mind in Christ Jesus is the glorious seal of God upon our foreheads, serving as a testimony of the fact that we are the holiness of God and the personal possession of God. And this seal of God reveals itself upon our foreheads with spiritual thinking or thinking of what is spiritual, serving us as an atmosphere of life and peace and is the mind of Christ within our spirit. As it is written, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 6 through 8. According to the given place of Scripture, we conclude that people who reject the condition to have their faith obey the faith of God are the very haters of Christ who have the mark of the beast upon their foreheads, who do not have any relation to the infrastructure of the peace of God and are not able to have it. And consequently, such people cannot have any relation to the sons of peace either, as the sons of peace, by the means of the peace of God, will inherit eternal salvation in the kingdom of heaven. We need to understand well that it is only the collaboration of our spirit with our renewed mind that is in Christ Jesus, that we are able to enthrone the resurrection of Christ in our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ. We stop to study the fourth question, by what signs do we examine ourselves, that we are the sons of peace, which then identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy. It is only by the rule of the peace of God within our heart that we can examine ourselves that we are truly the sons of God. As it is written, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. It is not possible to be a peacemaker to bring someone to peace, not having peace in yourself. It's not possible to be a peacemaker not having the state of peace in your heart. And this is such a peace that Christ talked about, the peace I give to you, not as the one in the world. I give you a peace that nothing can ruin or destroy. Not the betrayal of a wife or a husband, or the loss of a job, or a circumstance, an illness. Nothing can destroy, not a power of any kind, not an angel, no one can break this. The more trials that will come, the greater will this peace show itself, the greater it will be as stars in heaven, the darker the night, the brighter the star. And so the greater the devil will attack, the more he will attack, the brighter will the peace of God be in us. And we being in those circumstances, obstacles, and it will be surrounding us, circling us, this hell, but we will be in complete peace as those three young men that were thrown into the fire and even those who threw them in the fire were destroyed or killed by the fire, but they were in absolute peace and were wandering within the midst of the fire and were singing to the Lord. And the scriptures say they felt like a, a like a the breeze, like as if in at the uh, uh, from the beach or when you're on the beach, this kind of uh, very uh, coolness of the wind, 
And so when you're sensing it, it is also devouring fire. But he came in the cool of the day, if you remember, the Lord came to speak to man. And so it's not possible that a person can be... uh, uh, with the Lord or within the devouring fire of the Lord and not sense this breeze because this, they, people that are uh, disobedient to God they ask for things they ask death for themselves they don't know what they ask for God said to Moses if I show myself to you if I show my face to you you will die only in the New Testament in Jesus Christ is God able to show us his face because Jesus is worthy to see the face of his Father and if we are in Jesus and he is in us then God can show his face but when he shows his face it will not necessarily be something our emotions will feel because we live in a world of information and faith, the faith of God is information that comes from hearing the preached word. Faith is from hearing. And our faith as a great soldier listens to or obeys the general who gives the commands. And so we have been studying the fourth question that identifies us as God's children. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We need to not forget that if a person in the death of the Lord Jesus has not died for his nation, for the house of his father, and for his life in the flesh, then his justification that he truly receives in salvation by faith in Christ Jesus in the format of a guarantee, it will never convert itself into the quality and format of the fruit of righteousness where he would be able to receive the ability to clothe himself into the promise of God's inheritance or into his peace so that he can bear within his righteousness fruits of peace. People who do not die for these three, the crown of righteousness righteousness that is being prepared for them will be taken from them where they would be able to be called sons of God. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Revelations 3.11 We know, we perfectly need to know and remember and continually remember that everything God gives to us, He gives us in the form of a seed. He never ever gives anything to us in the form of fruit. He's give, it's given in seed. And we need to receive that into the good soil of our heart and afterwards grow it so that, and that requires time. We need to water it, counting ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the non-existent stronghold of immortality as it physically isn't existing yet, as it, as it is already existing. You may have uh, these burning feelings inside of you and don't pay attention to them and proclaim the opposite. This is the promise of God's peace that will be kept in our heart. The fruit of righteousness within our heart and the format of the peace of God reveals itself, as we talked about, in spiritual thinking, which is the seal of the mark of God upon our foreheads. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 6 through 8. I intentionally keep bringing this place of Scripture uh, 
to remind or to, uh, in remembrance because this, specifically the seal of God upon our foreheads, that reveals itself in spiritual thinking, this is evidence of the fact that we are sons of peace. But when people ha- think of the things of the world, they have the mark of the beast. And if you can imagine, the, uh, the churches, for for the most part, I'm not, ta- not talking about this one specifically, but in general, when there's no uh, fullness of, of the truth, they say that the, f- the fullness uh, and the perfect gospel and you know what they mean when they say this uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will return. And, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is not remembered there. The practicing of the gift of the Holy Spirit is not the fruit of the Spirit. You can't grow the fruit of the Spirit by practicing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To grow the fruit of the Spirit, you need to, by the law, in the body of Christ, die for the law that gives power to sin, that reigning in our body sin. And so, by this law, we need to die for that law, so that in a new form, in the new tablets, we can resurrect and live then for the one that died and resurrected, live in the resurrection of Christ received the fruit of justification. He died for our sins and resurrected for our justification. And so we receive justification not in the death of the Lord Jesus, but in His resurrection. And so to receive it in the resurrection, we need to be conformed with his, with Him in His death. And so to be conformed to His death is to be crucified with Christ. I was crucified with Christ, and now now it is not I who live, but Christ in me. How do I determine if Christ lives in me? Not by my emotions, but whether I've been crucified with Christ. I died for my nation, the house of my Father, and for my destructive will or desires. And so this will serve as a proper foundation for God to fulfill His part of the covenant, the covenant of peace, which consists in leading us into the inheritance of his son so that we can share with his son the fulfillment of all that is written about him in the lost prophets and psalms in a particular format we already looked at six of the signs the consistency of which allows us to judge and examine ourselves that we are the sons of peace and furthermore the sons of God and stop to study the seventh sign this is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy and selective love of God what is the selective love of God this is God's Holy love. Holiness separates the pure from impure, the holy from unholy. And this holiness is the death, because death separates. We, in the baptism, in the death, we separate from all that is unholy. And so, holiness is death in a, in the positive form that is in God and has always been in Him. This is not a fearful death. It is fearful for those who are not able to live amongst the devouring fire. Yes, this death will kill them, but it becomes a life This uh, for those who are in accordance to its demands. And so he can then, as these three young men, live in this devouring fire and feel the breeze, uh, the sea breeze, uh, and this refreshment with God. Because uh, the wrath of God is always, death is, uh, the wrath of God is always with God because God is just. But this wrath comes from where? It comes from 
because the law gives power to sin and prompts uh, God's wrath. While the old person continues to live in us, the law will give power to him. He will trust upon this power and he this law will give power to this sin. And Apostle Paul says, I am an unfortunate man. Who will deliver me from this sin? And then he says, thanks be to God. And so spiritual thinking begins to change me. The thoughts you have in your heart is who you are. Discipline your mind. Don't allow your mind to think about things that are of the world that would be giving a satisfaction. May your satisfaction be eternity, inheritance in Jesus Christ. And then you will see the result. And so above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We're talking about the love of God, agape, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, for which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, 14, 15. We, in one body, are called to experience this love of God in his peace. We've noted that the rule of the peace of God within our heart is possible upon one condition, and that is if the known by us selective love of God will abide within our heart and we will be clothed into his burning zeal. You see, the love of God is not tolerant. It is deadly. Its arrows are uh, fiery. And it does not bargain with anyone. If you would give all the wealth of of your house, you will be utterly despised. You cannot purchase love from God. You need to earn it by fulfilling His commandments. You love me, keep my commandments. By fulfilling His commandments, our feelings will, uh, will be in the dislike because the feelings uh, the feelings will not uh, will will not be happy but once they become disciplined they will be po- in, uh, positively reacting to these things you want to feel this great breeze these holy this holy presence of God he truly is present amongst us I'm talking about the words of God that come from the revelations of God. And the Holy Spirit is present during these words. You With your, bar, your bodies, you may not feel it, but He's here. And when we know this, we need to tremble before that word, the truth, to be ready to fulfill it. As we write, every time when you go into the house of God, when you come into the house of God, prepare your heart for hearing rather than an offering. We come to listen to God, and only after listening to God, then we can all, all give also to God. By listening to God, we will know how to give and what to give, what our prayer needs to be like, our offering needs to be like, what kind of words it should have, how to, to present your body as a living sacrifice acceptable for our good service. <laughs> and so comprehending with your heart the holy and selective love of God is called to fill us with all of the fullness of the peace of God or make us perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect so that we can obtain the ability like God to be vigilant over His Word that we have concealed into our heart so that we can shine our Son upon the righteous 
and the unrighteous, and pour out our rains upon the righteous and the unrighteous, in accordance to the implemented within our heart law of God, as a blessing for one and as a punishment for another, so that we can be the clouds of the Lord, as it is says in Job, he sends his clouds, and he shines his sun, he scatters his light, and sends his clouds filled with moisture, so that water can be poured out one as for one a blessing as a, and a curse for the other. These are his clouds, and clouds that are tossed to and fro by winds, that are, are waterless, that don't have water, they're, they're empty, they will be telling you that God will love you, God loves you the way you are, God loves us the way His Son is. He loves us in His Son. We can't be out of Him and presented to God. God will destroy us. He loves us when we're in His Son and His Son is in us. And this happens only when we have been crucified with Christ. This happens when we, by being instructed in the faith, we've understood what the cross of Christ is and what our cross is and in what way our cross is called to collaborate with the cross of Christ because the cross of Christ separates us from the manufacture of sin. The blood of Christ cleanses us from the committed sin, but it does not separate uh, separate us from the manufacture of it. The cross of Christ separates us from the manufacture of it. And again and again, I want to say that in order for the blood of Christ to be able to have power to destroy our sins, you need the key, which is the truth about the cross of Christ. This is the key to inheriting the blood of Christ. In the Revelations, it's the 12 pearly gates. If When you pass through these 12 pearly gates, these are the 12 foundations, elementary teaching of Christ. You find there the tree of life, the tree of life with the fruit. It is the inheritance of the blood of Christ, but the way to it is the cross to be crucified with Christ, to die for your nationality, die for the house of your father, upon the condition, of course, that the house of your father hates the truth. If they're not hating of the truth, then you still need to die in the way of that the house of your father has passed on to your genes. It's an evil genetical code. This is the fallen cherubim, the code of the fallen cherubim, and all of us need to deny it. And I am thankful to God that you know this and that you have done this and that you have denied this. And you are now continuing to confirm that, proclaiming that not existent had existed and count yourself dead to sin. In Scripture, the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in the light of seven unchanging virtues or characteristics by the preached word spoken by the apostles and prophets. And 2 Peter 1, 2 through 8, virtue from which comes knowledge, from which comes self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. They are in one fruit, in a wonderful balance, and they confirm the truthful nature of the other. There can't be one more of one and less of another. And so we've noted that in its essence, the love of God agape is a sovereign love that is unconditional, specifically, specifically in regards to those persons, those people that she has selected in her ability to foreknow and 
predestined according to her will. Unconditional means there's no conditions. How, when is, does he not place conditions? When you're free from the law. When you're, when you have that, you, when you have this character, then you, there's no conditions. Then it's unconditional toward you. But when you don't have this characteristics, then you will not be able to have God's love in yourself. It will not be able to be poured out. Because of her sovereignty, the love of God will never violate the sovereign rights of those people that she has selected and never allows her own sovereign rights, her boundaries of burning holiness, to be violated. You cannot violate the righteousness of God, saying, well, he is a God that is merciful, he will show me mercy, he will show you mercy when you will repent. It's okay, I will commit the sin and then I'll repent. I'm sorry. This is a dangerous sin. Only that sin, when you are a servant of sin and you can't not do it because you're a slave of it, and you shout out to God saying, Lord, free me from this, then he frees you from it. But if you're free from sin and you say, it's okay, I will commit it, I will try it. One archangel did try it, and we know what he became and what the third part of the angels also became and what they have done with mankind when we're talking about our forefathers. And today, we have millions of people that are marching into marching toward hell. Tens of thousands are going to hell but are buried like the rich man and they think they're going to heaven and how wonderful they are, they say, and what they've done. In a specific format of the seven characteristics of virtue that united identify the goodness of God within our heart, we have already looked at five and stopped to study the sixth. This is the calling to demonstrate the love of God agape in brotherly love. That is to demonstrate in our faith the love of God agape. And brotherly love is one of the qualities of the fruits of virtue. In the Holy Scriptures, the level of power of the selective love of God functioning within the atmosphere of brotherly love is discovered and known exclusively by the level of the power of the hatred of God toward evil men and those who do evil. The greater hatred you have toward evil and evildoers, these are those who carry evil, the greater your love will be for God, for God's law, and for those that carry God's heavenly program. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Hebrews 1.9. This is also taken from the uh, 44th Psalm of David. We know that the evil that demonstrates itself in a person, in his hatred that comes from his jealousy and pride in his heart and mind, and good, which demonstrates itself in a person in brotherly love, are programs that are that they themselves carry. And of course, again, we talk about the fact that these these programs cannot demonstrate themselves 
out of a system and the system in which they're put into is where it demonstrates itself and the one you choose is the one you will demonstrate, the one you will show. This will be your worship. Therefore, to love righteousness and hate lawlessness is only possible in its carriers, which are their programmable systems. As it is written, the Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. The, love, the words test the righteous, that cleanse cleanses him from any for, foreign particles of the flesh. And the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteousness, his countenance beholds the upright. Psalm 11, 5 through 7. His countenance beholds the upright, his countenance loves the righteous. He falls in love with the righteous. He finds satisfaction to look at this face, just as young people or even middle-aged persons, they fall in love with one another. We're talking about a good love, not a, 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 a destructive type of love. We're talking about a husband and wife that live together in uh, in unity, that in peace, and each one fulfills the role uh, that they're supposed to. And this can happen not by emotion or looking at your emotions, but knowing the commandments and knowing your responsibility, what you need to do and what you need not to do. You need to uh, teach yourself not to be egotistical and serve the other. The love, love uh, it gives, not takes. A true love always gives and finds satisfaction in that and not taking. To take is egotistical. Yes, we take, but we take in what way? We give ourselves to each other, and when we give ourselves to each other, we in this way find ourselves in one the other. Relevant to this, as in the previous components of the virtue of God, in His unique toward us goodness, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith, in the seven components that we have listed above, it is necessary for us to answer four classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the origin and nature of the essence of the fruit of virtue, discovering itself in the heart of man, and the love of God agape coming from brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What purpose in demonstrating our faith is the love of God agape called to fulfill, coming from the atmosphere of brotherly love? What conditions do we need to fulfill in order to demonstrate the fruit of virtue in our faith? in the love of God agape coming from brotherly love. And by what signs can we examine ourselves? All of this can be demonstrated in the atmosphere of brotherly love in no other way. By what signs can we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating this fruit of virtue in the love of God agape coming from brotherly love? In a specific format, we already looked at the first two questions and stopped to look at the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill in order to demonstrate in our faith the love of God within the atmosphere of brotherly love? First condition, giving God the proper foundation to pour out His love into our heart. Giving God the proper foundation is our decision to be born from the imperishable seed of the preached to us word. People are born from God. This is a decision. They make the decision to repent. This is not a 
a multitude of feelings coming up in you or you're feeling you know if I remain if you remain in the situation you're in you will perish but there's a choice and you can leave those sins repent and ask God that he forgive me I could take can receive Jesus Christ as my Savior from these sins by listening to the truth the preached word and this is a decision if this happens be, only because you're inspired by the holy uh, the, by your feelings uh, then it will not work and you'll return to what you did and we see often during these so-called evangelical services hundreds of thousands come out to repent and when they asked one of these evangelists, Billy Graham, how many people remain from the hundreds of thousands that repent? He says, I'm afraid to say if one to two percent remain, it's, that's good. That's successful. He perfectly understood that being inspired by feelings or emotions, a person who repents will not be able to withstand the ancient serpent. You need the decision. The decision. When you make the decision and you tell God, and you and you re- accept the truth, then it comes. It's it has power, and you then receive the power to uh, confront the sin in you. Second condition: giving God the proper foundation to pour out His love into our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is to demonstrate salt as the fruit of holiness within your heart. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Matthew 5.13 This is a place of scripture that uh, uh, truly can be feared, because if you don't have the salt, the salt that it's referring to, it is formed in fire. It is formed upon the altar when the offering is put upon the altar, you then cast salt upon it, but you offer yourself a a living sacrifice, and our prayer needs to be the sacrifice where we present ourselves. We don't seek our own, we seek God's will, and so according to Scripture, According to the revelation of Scripture, the presence of salt, representing the quality of holiness, is formed in man because of his total dedication to God, which preceded total sanctification, making him an island that from all sides is washed by the purifying waters of sanctification. Not a single offering is presented upon the altar uh, until it is washed in specific waters, specific uh, baths, as it were, that were used for this, that and so there was almost a half a ton of water in each one of these baths, and it was of shining bronze, it was very interesting, and these were, uh, and there were engravings of palm trees, and and so the offering was brought there and washed, and afterwards it was put upon the altar. Our prayer our prayer words that are not cleansed from the particles of the flesh. The flesh is always trying to put something of its own, always something it likes. Lord, it would be good if this was this way. If it be good to you that this cup be taken from me, but when you make the decision, but your will be not mine, 
then the Holy Spirit comes in the form of the angel and supports us as he did Jesus. Specifically presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God for good, for good service, clothes us into the virtue of the fruit of holiness, which makes us a salt for the earth and therefore defines the soil of our heart as good and wise. For everyone will be seasoned with fire. In what way are we able to have salt in ourselves? For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace with one another. Mark 9.49.50 Although all of the sheep by nature are pure animals, the one that it becomes holy, however, is the one that is separated for a burnt offering upon the altar of burnt offering so that it can be seasoned with the salt of the covenant. I want to mark uh, or talk about <clears throat> the fact that the, when it's re, when we read uh, in in the scripture that you will be seasoned with salt, some say that I am not saying it correctly, but that is how the scriptures say seasoning with salt. Because of this, we can conclude that if our offering, which is our prayer intercession, is not offering. Because of this, we conclude that if our offering, which is our prayer intercession, is not offered upon the fire of the altar of burnt offering, so it can be seasoned with the fire of holiness, we do not have the right to be an intercessor in the status of the priest of God. There are people that pray for hours in tongues, and they think this is how they're coming to God. But it's not speaking in tongues that gives you the ability to come to God, but fruit. If you don't have fruit, if you're not bearing fruit, then you're not able to come to God. Without this fruit, you, don't, you can't come to God. And consequently, we are not able to have then the legitimate status to the right to enter into the presence of the Lord. Holiness is the state of our heart, which demonstrates itself in the legitimate words of prayer, which are then followed by acts, drawing upon us God's favor. Take the words of prayer already. Don't make make them or, or build them. What are words of uh, prayer words? These are words of God that come, came out of His mouth. And so prayer always was present before God. It always existed. And the relationship between God, the, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has been prayer. And so God can have a relationship with us with prayer words. And so then these prayer words that are within the entrails of our spirit, and God, again, God will then hear us, and we will be able to hear God. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. Without which, uh, pretty much, God will not hear you, and you will not hear God. The attempt to demonstrate peace out of the boundary of holiness and not as a demonstration of holiness transforms us into the sons of resistance and destruction. Demonstrating the fruit of holiness in prayer is confirming your origin, giving us the proper foundation to make a new covenant with God, which is a covenant of eternal peace. Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons, by a covenant of salt? Second Chronicles 13.5 
none of us will be able to receive a renewed mind or have a renewed mind, a prince that can uh, discipline his horse if we will not have salt. And salt we receive upon the altar when we die in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ to then raise again in His resurrection. When we raise in His resurrection, rise in His resurrection, then we have then the salt of the covenant. Specifically, the quality of holiness demonstrated by us in prayer gives us the right to enter into the presence of God, which we demonstrate to God as evidence that we are holy. We are holy because He is holy, because in essence, only those that are holy are able to demonstrate the interests of the holiness of their God by completing their sanctification, pursuing the goal of dedication in order to serve God. I shall remind us that the word holy, when it comes to man, that is born from the seed of the word of truth, holy is one who is born from God. Those that listen to me on the TV, I want them to understand that you are holy because you are born that way and not because of something you did, because of what Jesus did. Holy is born from God, born for God, coming from God, belonging to God, abiding in God, the personal possession and holiness of God, redeemed by God, separated for God, dedicated to God in the likeness of God, entering the lot of God, sharing the power of authority with God. These are what you are in Jesus Christ. This is who God bore. And so you don't need to uh, put forth your efforts uh, to try to do something to be holy. You are holy in your birth. You were born from God. And when you accept this by faith, then you can perform righteousness and sanctify yourselves. And so, those who have been born from the word of truth and have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are the children of God, you are righteous and holy, and you receive this in the format of a guarantee. You need to now bear fruits of righteousness to save your soul and to adopt your body. This, we need to turn this to profit. We need to die in the death of the Lord Jesus for our nation, for the house of our Father, and for the destructive form of life. The word holy identifies the inner state of our heart, making our heart identical to the heart of God. At the same time, the word holiness identifies the demonstration of this state of the heart, which serves as an argument of our belonging and our origination in God and from God, which gives us the right to be warriors in prayer and the status of king, kings, priests, and prophets, and gives God the proper foundation to bow down the heavens for us so that He can show us His favor. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. And so they think they perform righteousness. We're talking about right hand. They think that their righteousness is right, but their righteousness is false. 
I will sing a new song to you, O God, on a harp of ten strings. I will sing praises to you, the one who gives salvation to kings, who delivers David, his servant, from the deadly sword. Psalm 144, 5-10. Who does he give salvation to? To kings. The renewed mind, that is renewed by the spirit of our mind, which becomes a king, a priest, a prince over our essence, and delivers us. And why did he do this? Because we began to sing a new song upon a harp of ten strings. We began to demonstrate salt, where we are not under the curse of the law, where we are in friendship with the law. Now the law is not against us, it is now for us. We demonstrate the holiness of this law. It demonstrated holiness, discovered sin in us, gave power to the sin, but now there's no sin. Sin is destroyed in us, and we, by the law, died for the law. And so now we can sing a new song of the new tablets of the covenant upon the ten-string harp. We can demonstrate the salt of holiness. We more than once have paid attention to the fact that our prayer in the form of a new song upon a harp of ten strings that is done upon the basis of the new covenant within the atmosphere of holiness is called to bow down the heavens for us where God's favor is poured out in His selective love for us. In Scripture, the phrase to bow down the heavens when it comes to the relationship of God with man means to incline His ear to the prayer of man. A sin... Uh, God doesn't listen to a sinner. He listens to the righteous. Sinners are people that are in this state that did not accept justification freely by grace, that think that they can be free from their sins by performing good things. Uh, You can't be a sinner and do good things. Everything that a sinner does is a great sin. If a sinner sings psalms, if a sinner prays, if a sinner evangelizes, if a sinner gives his body as a living sacrifice, he does any sort of work, good work, he prays in tongues. He promotes God's burning wrath because he thinks that he is a sinner and everything he does He does it so he can justify himself and become righteous and holy. Uh, That's the problem. God doesn't listen to such people. He inclines his ear to the prayer of a righteous person that even if he falls, he remains righteous. That doesn't mean that the righteous can't sin. The righteous will fall seven times but rise again, it says. He can he can do something that may have been uh, sinful, but you, and as you know, David did that, and he said, I committed a sin, I need to die, but he acknowledged a sin, he knew that he was righteous, and the Lord told him, you will not die, the Lord has uh, removed your sins. It's like if you're holding the hand of your little child, your daughter or son, and they're, uh, you hold their hand so that they not uh, trip somewhere or fall, but he wants to go himself. I'm going to do it by myself, they keep saying. And so they fall then into a puddle and bruise their knee or hurt themselves. And so you don't say, you're no longer my child, you're a sinner, I'm never going to, you know, be with you anymore. Or no, you, you take him out of the puddle, you say, you are my child and and you t- teach them then that you need to hold on to my hand uh, and you care for them if you care this way about your children do you not think that God uh, has the same love for you but even greater if a mother forgets her 
baby, I will not forget you. I have written you upon upon my palms. And so, the perfection that you confess, confess is always before me. And so to bow down the heavens is to incline his ear to the prayer of a man listen attentively to a prayer person praying person turn your eyes for good for the praying person he becomes a stronghold or a place of refuge for a warrior in prayer he becomes a covering for a praying person he occupies a circle of defense around this warrior in prayer he makes the enemies of a warrior in prayer flee and strikes the enemies of a warrior in prayer in order to give God the proper foundation to bow down the heavens for us so that he can pour out his love into our heart it is necessary to present to God arguments of your origination in demonstrating the fruits of holiness within the atmosphere of brotherly love as well as out of it as holiness is the demonstration of the fruits of righteousness that is brought up by a person that is born from God but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life Romans 6.22 according to this place of scripture we can conclude that until a person is freed from sin by casting off the old man he cannot become a servant of God so that he can demonstrate the salt of holiness to demonstrate the salt of holiness it is necessary first to be born from the lis- from listening to the imperishable seed of the word of god therefore you can only be holy in your or in your origin or in your or being born that way and to comprehend the essence and difference between the definition of holy and the definition of holiness in our relationship with god it is necessary for us to answer these questions what does it make of itself or what is it and how is the characteristic of the love of god in holiness identified what purpose is the holiness of the love of God called to fulfill in the relationship of God with man and man with God what price needs to be paid in order to demonstrate the love of God uh, in holiness in order to collaborate with the holiness of God and by what signs do we examine ourselves that we have the presence of salt within ourselves indicating holiness within ourselves And this is a holiness that can then collaborate with the holiness of God, specifically the demonstration of the qualities of the grown by us fruit of holiness. Identifying the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to give God the proper foundation he needs to pour out his selective love into our heart and be a legit field in the relationship of God with man. In a specific format, we already studied the first two questions, therefore we will immediately pay our attention to question three and we'll continue to study it what price do we need to pay in order to demonstrate the salt of holiness which is the foundation and atmosphere to collaborate with the holiness of God identifying the love of God demonstrating the love the salt of holiness is the purpose and calling of a holy person for the right and we as holy people we are God's children And so again, demonstrating the salt of holiness is the purpose 
and calling of a holy person. For the right to fulfill his role, it is necessary to pay the appropriate price demonstrated in the fulfillment of the condition of the holy law, holy commandments, holy instructions, and holy statutes. As holiness, holiness is the legitimate field for all forms and levels of relationships between God and man and man with other men, we conclude that the price for the right to demonstrate holiness will have many meanings, will be multifaceted, and will be multifunctional. The price for the right to perform holiness never has any discounts or exceptions because, specifically, those who live in America, people are used to sales, and for the most part, everything is bought when there's a sale, but there's no sale when it comes to holiness. In a specific format, we already looked at three components of the price, giving us the right to perform holiness in demonstrating the love of God coming from the atmosphere of brotherly love. Fourth component of the price for the right to perform holiness in demonstrating the love of God coming from the atmosphere of brotherly love consists in putting off the former way of life of the old person, being renewed by the, sp- by the spirit of our mind, and be clothed into the new person that is created in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth. As the holy truth is in Jesus Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4.21 through 24. You see how much uh, things come together as the sermon on Friday and the sermon on Sundays. Why is the Holy Spirit standing on this place and this truth? So, I can bring forth uh, many components, 10, 20, and more, but I only bring forth a specific number of components, but the Holy Spirit wants this be included also. The thing is that any path of cleansing and deliverance from sin and from all that is linked to the manufacturer who successfully produces sin within our body consists in the price of denying our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul. From this we can conclude that paying the appropriate price to we die for our old person or for the former way of life <clears throat> that from our side gives us power to the right to demonstrate the grown by us fruit of holiness that in this way we inherit salvation in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. We more than once have paid attention to the fact that a person that is born from God is not able to automatically enter into the inheritance of righteousness and holy truth containing the inheritance of our hope in Christ Jesus in the salvation of our soul and the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. If we will think that receiving salvation in the forgiveness of our sins that were done previously that we are already saved then we are deeply in error as the forgiveness of our sins does not deliver us from the manufacture of these sins that lives within our body that is the old person who is supported by or backed by the organized powers of darkness because we remain in dependence of our nation from the house of our uh, of our father and from corrupt deceiving lusts that are being hidden often by us 
with religious activities. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. So the, so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. Psalm 45, 10, 11. Second, because the given salvation that is given to us in the format of a seed or a format of a guarantee that we are called to turn to profit in order to save our soul and after using the saved soul using her renewed mind begin the process of adopting our mortal body by the redemption of Christ. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 And so, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When does he work out... When, when does he bring about his desires in us as well? When we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling in listening to the preached to us word produces boldness that gives us the power to the right to enter into the temple so that we can intercede before God in achieving our salvation that is in accordance to his will. Such a legitimate intercession removes the barriers that are before God so that he can accomplish his perfect will for us. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. And so, in order to know something, you need to hear it from somebody. Apostle Timothy heard this from Apostle Paul. He was his son in spirit. He was his student. And he called him his son. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. And so, sound words... Because keeping these sound words, then you can have then the price in order to obtain salvation. According to this place of scripture, to hold fast the guarantee of our salvation by the means of collaborating your spirit with the Holy Spirit, which upon practice means to be led by the Holy Spirit, and doing so cultivate your salvation so so that you can keep it with fear and trembling and grow it within your heart. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. And so his inheritance is our body and so to redeem his inheritance when we are born from the seed of the word of truth then our spirit in the form of our sacred person who in nature and origin becomes inherent to God or carries it in itself the genetic program of God as our children that are born from us they may not look at like us <clears throat> exactly like in our in their behavior in their in, in visually but the program that are po- positive we discipline them with information and then they become more similar when we are born from the seed of the word of truth then our spirit in the form of our sacred person who in nature and origin becomes inherent to God or carries itself in the genetic program of God at the same time our soul with its intelligent and emotional aspects remains in its former state and carries the genetic program of program of the fallen cherubim that is passed on to us by the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh and depends from this program. Therefore, our goal and our purpose is not the salvation of the world, but the salvation of our soul 
and our body, the former way of life, is a system of values, the moral and the cultural inheritance demonstrated in rules and form of behavior reflecting the image of a life without God that a person inherits genetically by the sinful life of his fathers. So we need to perceive or understand our former way of life like we perceive or understand sin as a whole. I will remind us that the verb to put off when translated from Hebrew, from the Hebrew language into the Greek language has seven definitions or meanings that outline in what way we are to think about the former way of life because the way we think about the former way of life is how we will ha- we will behave when it comes to the former way of life. To put off means to differentiate or undress and become naked. <coughs> to stop using and unharness or unhitch the horses from the chariot, to push aside or to reject with disdain the former way of life, to remove from the f- to remove the former way of life from the throne, to be freed from the shackles of the former way of life, proclaim yourself as independent from the former way of life, and to separate from and die for the former way of life. Each of the seven given meanings finds its actual expression in scripture that in each specific situation offers specific conditions that explain the way we need to change or to challenge the former way of life. For example, to put off our former way of life is to sanctify yourself or to separate from your former way of life so that you can dedicate yourself to God. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Belial, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols, for you are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, I will be a Father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 6 14 through 18. According to this place of Scripture, to separate from your former way of life, which functions out of God, means do not be unequally yoked together with unbeliever, unbelievers, break any fellowship with the lawless, do not have the temple of your body be a pantheon of idols, separate, and do not touch what is unclean. Understandably, all of these acts are linked to a process that is demonstrated in the fruit of perseverance, where we count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not existent as existent as it is written. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10, 35-39 This command and instruction we also find in the words of Christ that he concluded his teachings with when he talked about the signs of the end times that will be accompanied by great trials. Be uh, by your patience possess your souls, Luke 21, 19. And so, wait with patience, with perseverance. He count it as it is and wait for it. It will come. The soul will not be at peace, but 
the righteous will live by faith. He continues to trust. If we arm ourselves with these definitions and the former way of life will exhaust all of its abilities to exist, making way for the ability of, of the new form of life by the renewing of our mind, by the spirit of our mind. Therefore, the following acts, identifying the price, giving us the power to the right to demonstrate the grown by a fruit of holiness, consists in being renewed by the spirit of your mind. After which, as we were born again, that is from God, in addition to the already existing in us former way of life that functions out of God, we obtain an, a new or different form of life, that is in accordance accordance to the life of God that is called to function in God, for God, and with God. Therefore, receiving salvation uh, from the second death, our, our body be, became a home for two contrary one from the other and hating one the other personified ways of life. That is the old person and the new person, as it is written. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to do, to will, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will do, or that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, a wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death. And here's the response, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin, Romans 7, 14 through 25. And so with my mind I what? I count myself dead to sin, and I begin to proclaim with my mouth the not existent as existent. That is, this is what I do. The form of life in God, for God, and with God is a system of transcendent and sacred values reflected in the unapproachable light where God lives and dwells. This is his natural character that reflects his form of behavior and the immeasurable greatness of his glory that we have inherited in Christ Jesus from the righteous life of Abraham, the father of all who believe that he received by faith. He gives to us his this to us through the spirit of Abraham today as well. Therefore, the way we perceive or understand the new or the renewed form of life is how we perceive and understand righteousness that is received by faith. The verb to be renewed in Hebrew 
has many meaning definitions. I will remind us of seven of these meanings. They are contained one in the other and support the truth, truthful nature of one the other. To bring about a new way of life, to be conformed to the Holy Spirit, to be transformed or transfigured into a new way of life, and this can only be possible by spiritual thinking and confession. To be obedient to the activity of the Holy Spirit, allow God to engage or integrate us into a new way of life. To be born to a new way of life, to inherit a new way of life by victory. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives to the death. If we convert these meanings regarding the new form of life, then we will receive information in the form of the commandments of God so we can implement the new form of life into the aspect of our mind. These commandments are our role and our calling so we can collaborate with the truth of Scripture and with the Holy Spirit and no one except us will be able to fulfill this goal. We know well that each of the presented seven meanings find their actual expression and confirmation in Scripture, that in each individual definition pre- uh, we see presented specific conditions that explain in what way we need to renew our mind by the spirit of our mind. For example, one of the meanings to be renewed is to be healed from the former way of life using the principle of the eagle, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, this is the crown of righteousness, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 103, 3-5. I sure remind us that eagles age because of a buildup that happens upon their beak that begins blocking its airway and, and their vision, and then he finds a sharp edge of a cliff or a rock. He then flies very high in the air and flies directly toward the sharp edge downwards, aligning his buildup or ongrowth on his beak with the sharp edge. If all is successful, the on-growth comes into contact with the sharp edge and is removed, and the airway and vision is opened up again, and he begins a new life. I periodically watch the life of eagles. I was doing that yesterday. I was looking at the life of eagles, how they hunt, how they uh, eat. Their food can be foxes, Uh, wolves, if you can imagine, they attack from above a wolf and kill it. They have very powerful uh, claws also uh, that the eagle hit. And so they paralyze with those power claws and with their beak, they they target the head. I see how these uh, wolves uh, try to save themselves. The speed of eagles is incredible. He can, it could be from 120, 160 kilometers an hour that they fly. They even attack uh, deer and other animals. In what way? They literally uh, sit right on top of the, the creature and they paralyze them and they become food. Imagine how powerful these birds truly are. And so to be renewed in the, uh, like the youth of an eagle, it says in scripture. And so this all vision of God where an eagle glides, this uh, incredible examples here. 
It is the same with the uncrucified flesh of man. It blocks the airway of life of the sacred person and deprives him of the ability to see the work of the Holy Spirit within his heart. And when a person loses his soul in the death of the Lord Jesus, the intelligent aspect of his soul receives the ability to be renewed by the spirit of his mind. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Second Kings 5.10 the number seven is a symbol of God's fullness, identifying the condition of washing that is promoted by God and not man. The condition of washing is the condition of cleansing as our sanctification. Only fulfilling these conditions, the Holy Spirit can then have an impact on a person and can renew the aspect of his mind. Due to a renewed mind by the spirit of our mind, a person is able to cleanse the temple of his body from idols for the Lord so that God can abide within his temple. When a person comes to listen to the to the word of God upon his own horses. That are uh, harnessed uh, to his chariot and not upon horses that are harnessed to the instruction in the faith and the delegated authority of God. The Holy Spirit will not have a any ability to renew, be renewed in youth, similar to the renewal of the youth of an eagle. And this person also will not be able to leave his former way of life so he can be clothed into the new way of life. And so to bring about or to implement a new way of life into your mind is to practice the ability to listen, to understand your spirit in your renewed mind. The ability to listen and understand your spirit in your mind is the unique uh, ability to practice the collaboration that is between your born spirit and your renewed the renewed aspect of your mind, any revelation of God finds its place in exclusively in, when you collaborate uh, your mind, your renewed mind, with your spirit. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. And so the next act of identifying the price and giving us the power to the right to grow uh, the fruit of holiness consists in clothing our mortal body into its new person. In Scripture, when it's talking about clothing ourselves into our new person means to clothe ourselves into the living li linen living linen, the pure and bright about which it says, what is linen? It is the righteousness of saints that our new person is clothed into when he is born, grown into full measure of growth in Christ. Practically, we are clothed into the fruit of our mouth. Linen, that is pure and bright, this is the, the fruit of our mouth. When we proclaim who we are in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what we need to do to inherit any, everything that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. What do we need to do? We need to accept, consider ourselves dead to sin, living for God, and confess in Jesus Christ who we are. That we are freed from sin, that we have the stronghold of life in our body, that we have healing, and in this way, we eliminate the former way of life, are clothed into the new way of life, and demonstrate holiness. Amen. Let us pray. We will bend our knees, however, who is comfortable, and we will pray. I call all of those saints that would like to 
uh, put an end uh, to their relationship with their former way, former way of life. When you want to be freed from any form of phobia or fear, and there are many of them, and the saints are not no exception. They accept these phobias and fears. They do so by listening not to the word of the anointed of God, but when they look at the internet, when they listen to one another, when they tell each other things, either stories or about someone or something, and they have fear. One who, is, who fears is not perfect in love. A perfect love drives away fear. And so one who has this kind of fear, come here and we will pray. Re, uh, deny these things and say, Lord, I will not be... Uh, look around on the internet for a random things that would cause these things and will focus upon your truth going forward. Amen. May the Lord bless us. I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe in the fact that God loves you. He has given His Son for your sins, for mine. He is not against you. He is for you and with you. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is the sign that your hands are without anger and and are without doubt. You have forgiven your offenders so that God can forgive your sins. Pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. I open up my heart. You see my wound. You see my pain that is inflicted by sin, my personal lust that I hate, that I can't be freed from alone. If you will not break these shackles, these chains, I will perish. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, destroy the shackles of sin, destroy them and break them with your power, with the power of your blood and the power of your cross. I accept your justification into my heart. I accept your healing because of sin. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. 
May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains, everlasting hills be on you. May you step upon the neck of your enemy and may you sing a new song before your God. May all the blessings be upon you and upon your children and be fulfilled upon you, and the nation shall say, Amen. God is faithful to His words, and independent of what you may feel, know that right now there was a great event that the angels are rejoicing about and that the hell is ashamed of you overcame evil you overcame sin in this prayer you have the shackles have been broken if you will count yourself dead to sin living for god and discipline your mind you will not fall into sin but even if you are still falling into sin don't be frustrated the righteous fall but rise again there's a holy church where we can cleanse ourselves from our sins we can come we can listen to the truth and strengthen our spiritual muscles let us now proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.